You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Monday to you. We've got several things to cover here today on the podcast. I want to get into the injury update that head coach Sean McDermott delivered on Sunday afternoon and catch everyone up to speed on where the players are in terms of their injury status. I want to talk about the other comments that Coach McDermott made the day after the Bills dismantled the Detroit Lions 41-15 to in the preseason. Then I want to talk about the cuts that are due Tuesday by 4 p.m. Eastern time. Got a little mock draft Monday action to get into. I want to talk about a player that I'm feeling like is going to make the roster, and it's not one that I have projected to make the roster. So I want to talk about him and then discuss our schedule for the rest of the week. So a lot to get to here on a Monday. Let's start with the injury update. The good news is that Sean McDermott said there are no long-term concerns and there's guys that will miss a few days and some that will miss a week or two. And so it would appear everyone is pretty much on track to be ready for week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so the Bills have all of this week, all of next week, and then all of the following week before the Bills take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So while it feels like the preseason is coming to a close, there's still a fair amount of time until the Buffalo Bills play a regular season game. So nothing to panic about, it would seem. So let's get a bit more specific based on what Coach McDermott disclosed on Sunday afternoon regarding the two young offensive tackles, Tommy Doyle and Spencer Brown. It sounds like they're going to be more day-to-day and they were out on the practice field on Sunday afternoon. It was a walkthrough where the players were just in t-shirts and shorts, so not a physical practice by any means, but they were out there, and it doesn't sound like it's going to be something that's going to keep them sidelined for long. Regarding Harrison Phillips, this is the one where Coach McDermott admitted he might take a bit more time. He said that it was the same knee that he injured two years ago, And he's week to week at this point. So again, he's got three weeks until the Bills play a game. But the good news is it doesn't sound like a serious knee injury that's going to keep him out for an extended period of time. Regarding Justin Zimmer, Coach McDermott said it was a normal ding that happens through the course of the game. So no concerns when it comes to his status. And then regarding Isaiah Hodgins, the Bills second year wide receiver, He said that he is day-to-day and that he'll be back on the earlier end of things and the Bills might see him this week. So a lot of good updates there. Harrison Phillips, the concern. And when you think about this defensive tackle position in general, it's fairly light when it comes to numbers. I mean, the Bills obviously have Star Latulale and Ed Oliver, but behind those two, you have Justin Zimmer, Vernon Butler, Brandon Bryant, Trayvon Hester and Harrison Phillips. And so Trayvon Hester has been banged up a little bit. He couldn't play on Saturday. And so if the Bills are reluctant to play Star Latulale in the preseason, Hester is injured, Phillips is injured, 
That leaves just Oliver, Butler, Zimmer, and Bryant to get through the game on Saturday against the Green Bay Packers. So the defensive tackle position right now is something that we need to be paying attention to. In addition to Harrison Phillips, Tommy Sweeney, Christian Wade, and Jaquan Johnson were not at practice on Sunday per Sal Capaccio. And lastly, on the injury front, Stefan Diggs was a full participant in the walkthrough practice on Sunday. So it looks like he's getting back on track and ramping up this week. So some good, some bad when it comes to the Bills' injury status, but uh, obviously the most notable concerns right now seem to be Harrison Phillips, Tommy Sweeney, Jaquan Johnson, and Christian Wade. Now, as for the other comments that Sean McDermott made that I found interesting, first of all, he would not commit to Josh Allen playing or not on Saturday against Green Bay. And I'm sure he knows what he's going to do with Josh and all of the starters on Saturday. But it begs the question, should he play Josh Allen? It's the last preseason game. If Josh Allen is going to get live game action before week one against a different team, this is his last chance. And so I have some mixed thoughts about whether or not to play him. There's a part of me that sees value in putting him out there for a series or two and just allow him to get into some rhythm of playing in a game and maybe take a hit and just take some reps, right? There's no hurt in that unless he gets hurt, right? That's the big concern. Do you want to expose him and potentially risk injuring him? Or do you want to play him for a few series and allow him to gain some live reps before they count? So it's going to be interesting to see what the Bills choose to do. I think it's notable that there's basically two weeks in between that Green Bay game and the Pittsburgh game. It's a pretty large gap, if you ask me. So that may diminish the value in the live reps, but I don't envy Coach McDermott's decision, and he said that he will let everyone know on Thursday. So stay tuned for that. Regarding the Bills' pass rush so far in the preseason and particularly against the Chicago Bears on Saturday, Coach McDermott said that it was consistent throughout the game, and he noted that it came from every angle. The pressure did. And that's something I've talked a lot about on this podcast, where if only one guy gets pressure, it's not good enough. If one guy gets pressure and nobody else does, that quarterback has easy ways to navigate and step up and flee the pocket because there's no threat coming from any other direction. It's the complementary pressure that allows sacks to happen. So say Greg Rousseau is closing in off the left side. You need some push coming up the middle so that that quarterback can't step up. And I think that's why the Bills have found so much success creating pressure is because it's coming from every angle, up the middle, from the left, from the right. But we've seen Rousseau and Epinesa meet a couple times at the quarterback. We've seen Rousseau get a couple of sacks in preseason doing large two pressure up the middle. Now, of course, Rousseau did a great job beating his man and showcasing a nice pass rush move and a great plan to win and good vision. But those sacks probably don't happen if the quarterback has somewhere to go forward and up in the pocket. So complimentary pass rush and pressure coming from multiple angles is critical to get sacks. And I know that's something that we want to see happen this year. He spoke specifically about Gregory Rousseau and said, 
He continues to grow every day and add to his experience. He's making strides against the run and not just rushing the passer. And that's something that I noted when reflecting on both of the preseason games. Obviously, we're all excited about the pass rush and the sacks and the pressure he's been able to generate, but I've been equally impressed by Gregory Rousseau with his run defense. And so I thought it was great to see Coach McDermott emphasize his ability and growth as a run defender just as much as a pass rusher. Regarding Isaiah McKenzie and when asked about the muffed punt and how he responded to it with another really good return and catching a few passes, McDermott praised McKenzie's ability to reset mentally after the muff and talked about you know, how in baseball there's so many different things that can happen and you have to put it behind you and go play the next inning or go to the next at-bat. It's the same thing for McKenzie. And I really like how the Bills went right back to McKenzie after the muff. Put him out there for the next punt, gave him some looks in the passing game, and trusted him to go back out there and make plays. I think one of the mistakes that some teams do is if a player fumbles or they muff a punt, they pull him to the sideline and tell him to sit on the bench, and then they just stew and think about that mistake. No, they need to move on. They need to be able to put that behind them and have another opportunity to showcase that they've corrected that mistake. And so I'm still nervous about McKenzie. That's probably not going to change all year long. But I do think that the Bills and Coach McDermott handled that situation on Saturday very, very well. On Saran Neal, Coach McDermott called him a good player and praised his intangibles, toughness, and versatility and said he's done a good job. And then lastly, on Marquez Stevenson, Coach McDermott said he's impressed with what he's done and that through two games, He's done some things that catch your eye. And obviously, the long punt return for a touchdown against the Chicago Bears and, of course, the big catch on the last drive of the game against the Lions to put the Bills in field goal range and allow them to win that football game. And so Stevenson hasn't done a lot of things in terms of a high volume of catches or anything like that, but he's made two game-changing plays in as many weeks. And so that is definitely something that is encouraging, and I don't think that he's at the point as a player where he's going to command a large volume of opportunity in the passing game or in the return game, but it's nice to know that he's potent and that there's something there in terms of big playability that's worth developing. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including the half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, both open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to horse racing, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So last week, the Bills had to make five cuts. They were due on Tuesday by 4 p.m. Eastern time. And they made those cuts on Sunday afternoon. 
This time around, same deal. The Bills have to cut five more players by Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. But as of the recording of this podcast on Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, they've yet to make those cuts. And so what I want to do in anticipation of them making the cuts later on Monday or maybe even on Tuesday, I want to predict which five players will be cut this week. And so the way that I worked through this and made these predictions was really looking at the roster and being mindful of the need to get through this week's preseason game against the Green Bay Packers. And that was a a major factor in the players that I predicted that they cut. Like what position groups do they have a surplus of players that aren't going to make the team that aren't necessarily desirable practice squad candidates that they can go ahead and move on from now. I think that's the thought process that was necessary to get here. And so I have five players that I'm predicting that they cut. And some of these may be a surprise to you, but I'll explain myself along the way. The first one was not difficult for me to get to tight end bug Howard signed later in the process and the bills can get through the game on Saturday with Nate Becker and with Quentin Morris and with Jacob Hollister and even Reggie Gilliam if they absolutely need an additional tight end. So I'm not super concerned about the depth at that position. Bug Howard's an older player that I don't think has much appeal as a developmental player to keep on the practice squad. And so I think the Bills should go ahead and move on from him and I predict that they will before Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. The next player that I went to is Tyler Gaither, an offensive lineman. And the Bills have purged several offensive linemen to this point, and I still think there's room for them to do it by moving on from Gaither, who I don't think has much appeal as a developmental option for the practice squad. And so even if they were to cut Tyler Gaither, they're still going to have Jack Anderson, Jamil Douglas, Bobby Hart, Jordan Devy, Ike Bakker, Ryan Bates, potentially Doyle and Brown, depending on their health, plus the starting offensive lineman to get through Saturday. So I feel good about them being able to make another move along the offensive line, and uh, Gaither's a guy that doesn't offer much appeal to me. The next position that I found it reasonable for the Bills to be able to get through the preseason game with and cut a player is linebacker. And the guy I think they'll move on from is Markel Lee, a veteran. And so between Tyrell Dotson and Andre Smith and Tyrell Adams and even Tyler Medikavich and Joe Giles Harris, I think the Bills have plenty of options to get through the game on Saturday. And I don't really envision Markel Lee being a factor when it comes to the 53-man roster. So he's a player that I can envision them moving on from. Another position that I think the Bills have a surplus of talent that they're going to have to move on from some players at is wide receiver. And my prediction here is Duke Williams. I think Duke Williams is a candidate to potentially come back on the practice squad later, but he just hasn't moved the needle at all. I think his development has been stagnant. He's had a few moments across his time with the Bills, but at the end of the day, he just struggles to get open and separate and consistently catch the football. And so this could be Tanner Gentry. This could be Lance Lenore. 
but I'm going with Duke Williams because I think both Lenore and Gentry have more appeal to me as practice squad candidates. And the last player, and maybe this is a surprise to you, is Davis Webb. I think that the Bills are going to keep two quarterbacks on the active roster, and they're going to try to get either Fromm or Webb on the practice squad. And I think they're going to want to give Fromm more of an extended look against Green Bay on Saturday, and they're a little bit sure of what they have in Webb. So you can go ahead and move on from him now, and then you can worry about the practice squad dynamics and who you can get back on that later in the process. And so I think they have two quarterbacks in Trubisky and Fromm that they can get through the game on Saturday with, and then you can figure out the Fromm-Webb practice squad dynamic later. And so there it is, my five players I predict the Bills cut Tuesday by 4 p.m. Eastern time. Tight end, Bug Howard. Offensive lineman, Tyler Gaither. Linebacker, Markel Lee. Quarterback, Davis Webb. And wide receiver, Duke Williams. Let's do a quick mock draft Monday as we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. What I want to do here in this segment on a regular basis is reflect on the mock draft that is published at thedraftnetwork.com and discuss the player that the Bills picked. And the idea here is to start the draft discussion early, but not necessarily in a full-on capacity, right? Just kind of sprinkling in some discussion from time to time. And so over the last few weeks, we've done this, and I want to keep it going. So this week, Dre Harris, he wrote the mock draft for thedraftnetwork.com. He's a former NFL scout. He worked for the Chiefs, Cardinals, and Patriots. And... um. I love talking football with Dre and really respect his opinions and his experience in the NFL, and I have learned a ton from Dre. His pick for the Bills, the same player I picked for the Bills three weeks ago, Iowa center Tyler Linderbaum. And I think Linderbaum is an absolute perfect fit for the Buffalo Bills. He's a converted defensive tackle, so you know the Bills love when guys switch positions and have you know, really high athletic ceilings that they can develop into uh, the exact player that they want them to become. And so he gives you that. He's a former wrestler and a very good wrestler. He's super athletic, which translates well to pin and pull concepts and the wide zone rushing attack in addition to pass protection. And he comes from the Iowa program that we've heard Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean rave about. And so I think there's a lot of reasons why this is a very logical pick for the Buffalo Bills. Now, obviously, he's a center. I think he can play guard. And the idea here that makes this interesting to me is I believe Mitch Morse could be a cap casualty after the season. The Bills have a very favorable out when it comes to his contract, and the Bills are pretty tight when it comes to cap space. I can see the Bills really looking to rework some of this interior offensive line in the offseason And Linderbaum would give the Bills a much more economic option at center that has a lot of long-term appeal. So I think this is a logical pick, and it's one that I think you'll see quite a bit when it comes to mock drafts, especially at this point in the process. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. They have coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, orange, strawberry and salted caramel. They're all delicious. And look, maybe you don't know where to start and you want to try them all. You can get a mixed box and that's where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. 
and you can see which one is your favorite. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bars on the planet, they're healthy too. Check out these macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. Got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and right in your pocket. Save time and save money when using rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. The last thing I want to get into today is a player that I think is going to make the 53-man roster that I haven't yet believed would be the case. And that player is Reggie Gilliam. Now, I'm somebody who does not like to be a victim of the moment. And obviously, Gilliam had two rushing touchdowns and led the team in rushing on Saturday against the Chicago Bears. And so he's a hot name right now. But the more I think about what Gilliam brings to the table, the more I'm convinced he will and should make the roster. First of all, the versatility is off the charts. He's a really good special teams player. He could play fullback. He could play tight end. He can serve as a wing. He can lead block. He can catch a football. He can pass protect. I mean, the guy checks a lot of boxes and allows you to be more multiple with your formations. Not only did Reggie Gilliam have those two rushing touchdowns against the Bears, but he excelled as a lead blocker on multiple reps. And I think that is a nice layer and wrinkle to have in your run game where you can run single back, you can run with a fullback, you can run gap schemes, and you can run zone schemes. And I think from an overall run scheme multiplicity standpoint, he helps. Oh, by the way, he can play a little bit of tight end, catch the football, carry it, and excel on special teams. So not only do I think he's a roster-worthy player, but he's a game-day active each and every week. So how do you make that work? Well, I'm not suggesting that the Bills keep five running backs. And I think between Moss, Singletary, Breida, and Taiwan Jones, you have four. What I'm suggesting is that the Bills keep two tight ends, Dawson Knox, and Jacob Hollister, and Reggie Gilliam can help in a pinch. Reggie Gilliam brings more to the table in my mind than Tommy Sweeney, who, oh, by the way, has a foot injury. I just think Gilliam brings more to the table. 
And if you feel like you need to have a tight end for blocking purposes, put Spencer Brown there. We've talked about this a million times. If you feel like you need that tight end in a pinch to block, your guy is Spencer Brown. So I think that is a very practical, common sense way for Gilliam to make the roster and how all of your bases can be covered because you're only technically keeping two tight ends. So that's my thought. I just feel like he's too versatile and he can do too many different things to actually help the football team as opposed to a Tommy Sweeney who's likely a game day inactive if he were to make the 53. So that's my take. And I go back to the comments that Brian Dable made a few weeks ago about Reggie Gilliam and he started off by praising how effective he is as a special teams player and then said, if he's going to have a role on the offense, that would be up to him, meaning Reggie. It would be up to Reggie Gilliam to define his role in the offense, and that preseason would be the way that he could do that. Well, I think he just did that, right? Like He showed that he can carry the football in a pinch. And I think when you're probably only going to dress Moss, Singletary, and Jones, knowing that you have a running back in a pinch in Reggie Gilliam makes him all the more valuable. So I'm thinking that Reggie Gilliam really does have a path to the roster, and he's a guy that I'm rooting for to be on the final roster because he just brings a lot to the football team. So let's talk about our schedule this week here on the podcast. Obviously, today is Monday. Tomorrow, Tuesday, we're going to do a 53-man roster projection. The Bills are off in terms of the practice field on Monday, so that'll give us a great opportunity to get away from the reactionary type stuff and do some analysis. And so we've got two preseason games under our belt. We've got one more coming up, and I'll give you my last 53-man roster projection based on what we've learned so far. On Wednesday, we will do a a reactionary-type podcast where we're expecting the Bills to announce their five roster cuts and maybe have more when it comes to the injury situation. The Bills will practice, so we'll have some things to reflect upon on Wednesday. On Thursday, it's going to be herd mentality, so if you have questions, comments, concerns, takes, whatever you want me to get into, make sure you send it in. The best way is email, joe at thedraftnetwork.com. You can also send me a DM on Twitter, at the Joe Marino. And then on Friday, we're going to do a bit of a preview for the preseason finale. Uh, By then, we'll know which players are still on the roster and talk about what could move the needle against Green Bay on Saturday when it comes to those final cuts. And plus, then we'll also know if Josh Allen's going to play and what the plan is for the starters. So on Friday, we'll preview that preseason finale a little bit. And then, of course, on Saturday... I'm going to be back for a reactionary podcast to the game. I'll give you all my top takeaways shortly after the conclusion of the game, just like we did for the Lions and Bears game. So a lot of Bill's discussion is coming your way on this podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Don't miss anything. Would love it if you took a second to rate and review the podcast. That is so, so very helpful. So if you ever wonder, what can I do to help this podcast? Share it, subscribe to it, rate it, and review it. That is very, very helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great Monday, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.